following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. Hello and welcome to The Fadeaway. I am your host, Ryan Kelpin, and this is a Basketball Society podcast. What a day, huh? What a day for basketball, uh, and what a show we have for you today. We have a special guest lined up that I am super excited to talk to and, and you know, talk hoops with and um, you know, kind of get to know him a little bit better um, and a little bit more about that very shortly. But if this is your first time tuning into The Fadeaway, like I said, I am Ryan Kelpin, and this is a Basketball Society podcast, Basketball Society, the hottest and, and best blog uh, following all, thing ba- all things basketball. They, we cover anything from high school to middle school even, college, WNBA, NBA, you name it, we got it on a weekly, daily, hourly basis. Um, follow us at B-Ball Society, follow the Fadeaway at Podcast Fadeaway, rebranded. Um, and I know we've had a, a few shows now with some, some really strong guests and, and we're really happy in the direction the show is going. Um, today, of course, a big, big blockbuster trade in the NBA, DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Um, obviously, some other pieces involved as well, but but that's the mainstay of of uh, of the deal. And and neither superstar, or star, whatever you want to call them, uh, I'm not too too happy to be going San Antonio or Toronto respectively. Who knows if Kawhi is even going to play? Maybe Toronto has something in their back pocket to use him to just get him to L.A., which is where he wants to be. I don't know. We're going to talk about that a little bit as well today. But like I said, we have a very very special guest for today's show. Fadeaway has been able to, um, you know, be very lucky to reach out to a few guests and, and happy to come on the show. And today is no different. We have Monroe Douglas Jr., an assistant coach at Chaminade High School in St. Louis, one of the top high school programs in the country. Um, he has been able to coach uh, some very, very superior basketball talent, headlined by uh, the one and only Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum. He is close with Jason Tatum. He is close with the with Bradley Beal and the Beal family. He's close with Drew Hanlon, uh, the premier shooting coach, now helping out uh, Markel Fultz, who's helped out Kelly Oubre, Bradley Beal, Tatum. Um, he's close with Patrick McCaw. So a really, really exciting interview um, that I'm excited to, to conduct here and get the insight on you know what he sees in Tatum, uh, you know his, his background and relationship with Hanlon, how he thinks Fultz is going to go, get his insight into the, the trade that happened today. So we have that coming up right now, and, and you know, like I said, I'm very excited. So without further ado, this again is the fadeaway, um, and we're a basketball society podcast. Please, please let's 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 keep listening to this, and, and let me know if you want to be on. Um, I'm happy to get you on. You know, we're, we're we're getting guests every single week, and and this is no different. And I'm super excited. Um, so we'll, let's get to it. All right, I am here with assistant coach at Chaminade, Monroe Douglas Jr. Monroe, thank you so much for joining the Faithway. We are so happy to have you on. No problem. I really appreciate you having me. All right, awesome. Um, so Chaminade, of course, one of the top high school programs in St. Louis, um, and you know, obviously, he's been a coach there for a little while. Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background on on how you became, uh, you know, one of the coaches on the staff there at Chaminade? Sure. So um, I graduated from Chaminade in 2004. Um, my freshman year, I had the, the honor to play with David Lee for a year. Um, he was a senior when I was a freshman. Mm. And, uh, 
you know, one of the one of the other guys, you know, and we're all like a family in Shamanai, so, you know, I, I call those guys big brothers. Um, one of the guys that was like a brother to me is Frank Bennett, who's the head coach now. Uh, okay. When when Frank became the head coach at Shamanai, you know, he asked if I wanted to, you know, come aboard, and, you know, of course I was down with it. Um, you know, it just kind of took off from there. Awesome. And you played yourself, uh, you went to the University of Dayton, um, and you played there, and you also thought about you know, the potential of, of going overseas in your own basketball career. Is that right? Yeah. The, the weird thing about it is, you know, there was a point in high school where I was, you know, I was a top 100 player in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the the end of my senior year, um, I was undecided on what I wanted to do as far as basketball goes. The whole, you know, the whole recruiting process was, was a strain. Um, I actually decided to take an academic scholarship to Dayton. Okay. Um, and, and once I got up there, you know, one of the coaches that was there actually recruited me when he was at Nebraska, um, Reggie Rankin. And, you know, he kind of reached out and, you know, I went to a couple games and kind of saw, got a feel for it and, you know, figured it was something I was missing. So, you know, I decided to walk on up there. Um, it wasn't my, my first choice. Um, I actually just wanted to be a regular student. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, it, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know when it comes to, you know, the student athlete, which, you know, which is why those basketball players should get a lot more respect. Right. But, you know, um, you know, I, I decided to go ahead and play and, and walk on there. And, you know, I was ineligible. And uh, once it was all said and done, I, I just figured it wasn't for me anymore. It was, you know, I had I had other priorities. Right, um, of course. You know, but I finished my degree, um, came home, got my master's, uh, and, you know, and decided I wanted to get back in it and, and teach teach the kids, you know, what to what not to do and what to do right. you know, on and off the court. So, is that something that you're really enjoying now, being able to be in a coaching aspect? Is that something you see yourself, you know, maybe doing full time at some point, or you know, sticking in in kind of an assistant role? Uh, not necessarily doing it full time, and, mm-hmm. and the reason being, you know, I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a geek at heart. So you know, my my full time profession is in IT. I'm a software yep. engineer, a senior software engineer at Centene Corporation. So, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to to work for such a great company that allows me to you know do my full time job and, and still have the flexibility to to coach basketball as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, full time, I, I I don't see myself being a head coach. Uh, you know, I kind of like the IT world, but I, I love being able to be an assistant. Um, and kind of teach the kids and still be around the game. Yeah, and, and like I mentioned, of course, Chaminade, one of the top programs in the country. Uh, you know, some big games going through there. Of course, one of the most recent names and one of the biggest things probably to come out of the program um, and one of your good and, and close friends, uh, from what I know, is, is Jason Tatum. Um, you know, when did you know, I guess, coaching him or, or you know, being close to him, when did you know Tatum was, was something different, something special? It's funny you ask that. He's one of those kids that, uh, and I say kid, he's a grown man now. But <laughs> at the time, at the time, he was, you know, when you step into the gym and you see, you know, the kids are having open gym and they're playing, and you see, you see Jason. He's just kind of he, he sticks out. I mean, he he just shines. You know, he it's just effortless, it's smooth. Um, you know, he's making moves that you don't see. You know, at the time, freshmen make. You know. Um, and you know, I, I knew then. I said, "This this kid is special," and, and it wasn't something you know. It wasn't it wasn't like I had this moment and I was you know, I was this guru. It was 
it was something that everyone knew. You know, mm-hmm. he had he had already turned heads across the country, and people knew that he would be great. Um, but you know, seeing him in person, you're just like, wow, this kid is special. He he's able to do things that you know he was able to do things that no freshman should should be able to do. I mean, you can even see the, the release point in his jump shot, for for instance, was high. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing with his back to the basket. He's, he's playing out on the perimeter. He's, you know, he's one of the things that people don't talk about. He's a very intelligent defender. I mean, guarding guarding the post, you know, he, he's one of the best that I've ever seen. I mean, you see all these things that, right. you know, as a, as a coach, as a, as a guy that plays the game, studies the game, you see him doing things, and, and it's like, Wow, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. just kind of knew it right off the bat. Yeah. And is it something? I mean, obviously you're seeing him in high school and you go, "Wow, this is different. This kid's special." Did you see this? I mean, he he had an, an unbelievable rookie season. You know, a perennial All Star for years to come. One can only you know assume. You know, is, did you see that much potential in him? Honestly, I did. You know, I and, and you know, I've I've seen a lot of great basketball players. I've played mm-hmm. with a lot of great basketball players, mm-hmm. of course, you know, being David Lee and seeing Brad and, you know, even guys that I've played on the AAU scene with, you know, I've, I've seen a bunch. You know, my, mm-hmm. my 04 class was loaded. I've never seen, you know, I had never seen anything, you know, like what Jason brings to the table. Right. And, you know, I just, I, I've always seen, you know, Things in his future, such as you know, all-star appearances, superstars, household names, you know, international star. You know, on top of that, he's a very humble kid. So you know, mm-hmm. when you come across someone like that, you know, you can only you know think you know that he deserves it. You know, he you know you kind of see all of these things in him. You know, so I, I think I think I <laughs> you know to answer your question, yeah, I, I've seen mm-hmm. I, I did see this for him. <laughs> You know, I, I wouldn't have, you know, I can't predict the future, but I, you know, I've seen it. I, I had no idea he would, you know, do some things to arguably the, you know, the greatest player to, to ever play. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you, you see things and it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I knew he would be. Yeah, on the outside looking in, I mean, he seems as though he's somebody who has great work ethic, who, you know, like you said, is an upstanding, you know, individual on and off the court, which, you know, really only brings your level to, to, to that next level, really. And, and I guess, what do you think his ceiling is? I mean, he's already done some incredible things. You mentioned the back and forth, decent conference finals with LeBron James. I mean, how how much better can he get? It, it, it's crazy because when you see him doing those, when you see him doing NBA moves in high school, and and you think to yourself, what else can he do? He takes it up a notch, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he has a ceiling. <laughs> you know, I think I think he's going he's going he's going to go as high as he wants to go and, and knowing Jay, you know, he, he wants to be the best, you know, he wants to be the best to ever do it. He wants to, you know, he wants to get out there and have fun. He wants to play, but you know, when it's all said and done, you know, he wants to be the best. And I think he has a chance to be in that discussion when it's all said and done. And, you know, 20 years from now, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, they're arguing in barbershops about, you know, who was the best to ever play the game and, you know, of course, the kids that didn't get a chance to see the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, even 2000s, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, won't won't know Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, but you know, a lot of them won't even know Kobe. So yeah. you know, they'll they'll be ah, oh, you know, Jason Tatum, you know, he's the, you know, I think he'll be one of those names. That's that's incredible, and I mean, I I saw a video, an interview of him to say like he tried 
you know, tries or tried to, to emulate everything that Kobe did. And then you'll see these videos where he's making moves that Kobe was making in the game, you know, the, the up and under or, you know, kind of the attack to the basket or the step back, whatever it may be. Like, wow, this, this kid really can, can, can be special and be the subject of, of that barbershop talk, as you mentioned. Yeah, man, I tell the kids all the time, there's no, you know, there's there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. It's not, no, it's not rocket science. It's, mm-hmm. You know, there's, if you play the game the right way, if you, if you treat the game right, the game will be good to you. You know, and, and with that being said, Jason, looking at Kobe, Kobe's one of the guys that, you know, he's, he's one of my all-time favorites as well. Right. You know, when you look at his footwork and you just look at the basics and the fundamentals and the, the things that Kobe did to make himself great, just just studying the game. I mean, Jason's doing the same thing. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, so. That's awesome. I do have to ask you about this. I saw something. I read an article. Um, he was at an invitational, I believe, this past weekend. Was it Patrick McCaw's invitational? Um, but I had some information. What's that? The Prime League. Yeah, and, and there was there was a guy there that I guess gave him some 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 hate in high school, and he went out there and, and, and kind of busted him down a little bit. Is that, can you give any truth to that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not necessarily hate. It's all good fun. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, especially in St. Louis, we like to compete. Mm-hmm. Um, we take care of our own, you know, of course, but what, when it all boils down to us is we like to get out there and compete. We talk trash to each other all the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, Jason just wanted to get out there and have fun. He never played the pro Um, you know, and his his whole thing is, you know, it doesn't matter who's in front of him, who's guarding him, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna try to get buckets. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's really what it was all about. I know in the video they kinda showed him, you know, talking a little bit, but it was always yeah. fun. Yeah, no, of course. And and from what I know, the St. Louis basketball circuit's all kinda real tight knit, everybody kinda knows everybody. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. We uh I mean it's you know, people say it's a small city. Um, you know, and it is. It's not it's not huge. Um, but the basketball scene is really, really tight. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, you got you got tons of coaches around here that are willing to help, you know, kids that, that don't even go to their schools. I mean, you got our coach Frank Bennett who does a, a wonderful job. It doesn't matter who it is, they'll they they can come up to Chaminade any time. Um and get a workout in. You got, you yeah. know, Corey, Corey Frazier, who coaches, you know, the St. Louis Eagles, um, 17 and under team, who's, um, you know, he did some work with Team USA. You know, he's he's constantly training kids. You got Brandon Gilmore, who's who's also the, the coach of the 16 and under St. Louis Eagles family. I mean, his gym stays packed with, with our kids, you know, and our kids being Chaminade. You know, everybody touches everyone. I mean, it's, it's not just, you know, hey, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to be associated with Chaminade, and this is this is the only place that I'm allowed to go. You know, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. You know, with St. Louis, you know, even even the guys that don't coach high school, you, you got guys that are willing to open gyms for kids to be able to get in and get workouts. And as a result, you know, those kids grow up, and you know, they they become the Jason Tatum's and the Brad Bills and the Pat McCall's and, and Ben McElroy's. Yeah. You know, because they, you know, they have that that support system in terms of the basketball scene. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's it's pretty pretty awesome thing. Yeah, that is awesome. And I know another uh, guy that you mentioned who 
maybe a little bit on a smaller scale scale of personal in terms of his own basketball career, but now turned into to probably the premier shooting coach for the NBA, Drew Hanlon. Your relationship with him um, through, I guess, the basketball circuit, and he went to school at, at Belmont. Um, he's now, of course, working with Markel Fultz. He worked with Kelly Oubre. Um, you know, talk to me about, I guess, that relationship and, and I guess, the faith that you have in maybe helping out Fultz, who obviously has had some problems in his rookie year with, with his jumper. Yeah. No, Drew, Drew is awesome, man. He's, I mean, to see the things that he's done, and, and mind you, he's, you know, what am I, I'm 32. I don't even think Drew's not even 30 yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and he's doing some wonderful things in the basketball world, you know. Um, I'm very confident in, in, in Drew's abilities. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that Markel is going to be Steph Curry next year. But, right. yeah. you know, you know, Drew – Drew is great, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if Markel's, you know, back to being Markel. You know, we had a chance to see him in high school and he played with Damasco and we played against him. And, uh, I mean, he, you know, he did a number on us. But, you know, Markel's just, I mean, he, he'll be back to himself, you know, with, you know, working with Drew. No, my confidence in, in Drew's abilities, man, is, I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't speak on it enough, you know. You know, hopefully when it, when the time comes, my son is fortunate enough to to get in the NBA, and mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I definitely want to work it with the home team. So, um, and, and that's not just Drew; that's that's anybody that that knows the game and understands the game. You know, we like I said originally, we take care of each other, and it doesn't you know it doesn't stop at the local guys. Drew's Drew's willing to kind of you know help out whatever he can and not even just true what he has done with pure sweat you know he has guys here you know on the ground that, that work you know, work high school kids out whether it's mm-hmm. girls or boys you know Justin Taylor and Alex Bell and just to name a few uh, you know he's you know I, I think what Drew's done is awesome you know, it's a lot of things people don't see uh, you know, they see the highlights and they see, you know, Drew Garden, Joel Embiid. They see him working with Markel, you know, working yeah. with Jason. Um, you know, you know, Drew's a student. He studies. You know, he spends countless time watching film. And, you know, it's – and it shows in his work. You know, you know I, have, I have no doubt at all that it will show Markel as well. Yeah, I mean, there's been a, a lot of positive things coming out of the camp. Apparently, he's working with Hanlon, you know, three times a, a day. And, you know, I, I think for Markel, I mean, obviously, you know, you're more in the basketball game than myself. I, I'm a little bit more on the outside looking in. But a lot of it seemed mental. I mean, it seems as though whatever the case happened, you know, it was injury, but it wasn't really too severe of an injury. And then he got inside his head. He was the first pick overall. A lot of pressure on him, you know, with the process building and Simmons and Embiid playing so well. Um, you know, I think the the fresh start and, and obviously the help of who you, who you seem to, to be a very esteemed, uh, you know, kind of, and, and everybody else says the same thing. Hanlon, you know, should be able to hopefully turn it around for him as well. Yeah, that, I mean that's and and you know, I don't me not knowing Markel personally, I don't know mm-hmm. what was going on, but. Right. You know, I heard some. I'm, I heard the same stories. I'm sure everyone else heard and, and read and saw. You know, talking about the crazy shooting drills and mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And you know, my my take on the whole whole thing is, you know, of course, I've never played at the NBA level, but the point guard position is the hardest position, you know, on the court. It, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what level you're on, you're asked to to take on a lot of responsibilities to start. Now, if you take that to the NBA level, and you you got guys like, you know, Russell Westbrook. And, Damian Lillard, Kyrie, and you know a number of guards. It's, it's 
so kinda, yeah, so, and that's the toughest position, you know. That's, mm-hmm. Not only are there so many, but I mean, the guys that are, you know, the craziest players in the game aren't playing in point guard position. Even you look at LeBron, I mean, he he has point guard duties, and so, um, I mean, you're you're asking Markel to come in and, you know, play the hardest position in the game at the highest level. You know, there's gonna be some struggles. You know, yeah, um, of course. And and Norm Markel, I have. I mean, just from what I've seen and us going against him, I have I have no doubt at all that he's gonna you know, he'll have a different second year. Not to say that he'll be an all star, you know, but right. you know more I, towards that potential. Yeah, I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, and and I'm a Sixers fan here, so it's exciting and, and hopefully, you know, that does pan out. Um so of course. <laughs> he's in good hands. Um I did want to ask you as well, big NBA news today and, and since I have you here, I, I felt like I should ask you the Kawhi DeRozan. <laughs> The Kawhi DeRozan yeah. swap. I mean, how crazy yeah. is that? I mean, it's in such a such a player heavy, player dominated NBA. It shows as though the front office still have some power because Kawhi doesn't really want to play in Toronto. Apparently, DeRozan was very mad about moving on to San Antonio. What are your thoughts on the swap? Man, I, you know, and I can comment from a player's perspective. One of the one of the reasons why, you know, I, basketball just it just kind of. Not basketball itself, but the lo- the logistics, the politics of it. It, it just kind of it didn't fit well with me. You know, I dealt I dealt with issues with, with coaches. You know, and, and I understand it's their job, but you know, mm-hmm. coaches getting new jobs and they were recruiting me, and, and now they're no longer recruiting me. And it's like you know, I don't need you now. And it's yeah, you know, it, it kind of hurts as a kid to you know to know some of those things. And and speaking about Kawhi and, and Demar, you're talking about Demar Derozan. A, a guy that has remained loyal to Toronto, and you know they, at the end of the day, it's a business. And you know Toronto, I don't know their vision, but you know they did what they had to do. And you know as far as Kawhi goes, you know personally, I I probably would have handled my situation differently. Again, these are all rumors that haven't been confirmed, but right. you're hearing that, that Kawhi is just refusing to play and, and this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he's clearly unhappy in San Antonio. And he wants to go, you know. They're saying he wants to go to L.A. And my yeah. thing is, there's there's no there's no loyalty. There's no, you know, the front office doesn't. I mean, they they don't really care. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, they have jobs that they have to keep. And it's a business you know, at the end of the day. It's a business. It sucks, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, it's a, it's a business. So it, it was just I was shocked. I mean, it, it, it's something that I mean for me, Kawhi has always carried himself as kind of that silent assassin, that guy that is quiet and assertive on the court, a superstar, obviously, in the league. And this whole situation between not wanting to play with the Spurs and then being uh, almost pampered to a to a you know, where you don't want to play with the Raptors just because you want to play only in L.A., I mean, um, I, get, I get the flip side of it where DeRozan was loyal and probably, you know, with Vince Carter, one of the top two Toronto Raptors of all time, right, especially <laughs> of influence. So I get that that probably hurts a lot, especially trading for somebody that doesn't even want to be in Toronto. But... This whole situation, you know, it is rumors, and, you know, we don't know for sure what's happening behind closed doors, but the whole situation with Kawhi has is, is kind of been, you know, very surprising and eye-opening for, you know, maybe a little bit of, of who we didn't know Kawhi Leonard was. Yeah, man. I he, I mean, when you look at him, he's quiet, you know, from what you can see. He's quiet. He just kind of comes yeah. in, does his job, takes care of business, and, you know, <laughs> go, goes about it, you know, that way, so... I, I was definitely surprised with, you know, with everything that they were saying, you know, at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it was. It was definitely surprising, and it'll be surprising to see if he. I I have to assume he does. Will indeed play at least for the one year and, and be on a rental, basically, if he can get himself to L.A. to sign a free agent deal. Yeah, it, I, I'll be. You know, uh, not being in the camp is tough, but I'm I'm kind of wondering myself. Just personal thought is if Toronto has you know something in their back pocket in terms of trading Kawhi to L.A. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But because I mean, what what are they doing at this point? You go from being number one in the East to now you get you get rid of your all time leading scorer and you know you still got Kawhi and some other pieces that are that are pretty good. I mean, do you, do you think on Kawhi actually playing or you know kind of like you said, is he actually going to play? I, I don't know, but. <laughs> What are they thinking? You know, so yeah, I'm just, and, and no. for a year, you know, no, I trying to put a team agree. together to win a championship for a year is tough. No, I agree. And it's finally, tough. LeBron leaves the East. I mean, you're, you're, the door is cracked <laughs> open. I mean, I know you got Tatum, Celtics, and obviously the Sixers are on the rise. But right. The door is finally cracked with the, with, with, you know, the the big LeBron out of the East, and then they get Rosen's probably kicking himself. He can't get away from him, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's back on. He's back on the back on the West. So. Doing that, right? He's gonna have to see him in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Um, awesome. Oh, in regards, in regards to uh, to Shamanad, you know, to kind of tie it back. Obviously, you know, there's been great players that have gone through. You know, we we talked about them, and there's obviously many others. Any guys that you know you see in the next five, ten years, you know, being you know, especially got in your team now or, or coming through, anything like that? Yeah. Um, Talking about, I, I guess, your upcoming season. You know, what's your roster looking like? Yeah, we have we have a bunch of guys. Um, yeah. You know we, you know I don't want to name just one because you know they're all, you know they're mm-hmm. they're all pretty awesome. We we of course have a bunch of guys that are, you know, being recruited Division One. Um, mm-hmm. You know I, what what I would say to the to anyone that's listening is, is you know look us up, Sean and I, St. Louis, and, and see a game if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know we have some guys that you know that are actually in college right now. Actually, one of the guys that. He goes to Duquesne. I don't know how far that is from where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, same state, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too far at all. Okay, yeah. Mike Lewis, is, is, uh, you know, I'm sure that'll ring ring some bells for some people. But he's a guard at Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome kid. Or, or I keep calling these guys kids, man. <laughs> yeah, how long I've known them? Yeah, you know, they're they're like little brothers to me. But um, you know, Mike Lewis at Duquesne. He, you know, he's he's I gotta watch out for. I wouldn't be surprised if he's first first team, you know, mm-hmm. a ten this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, we got Tyler Cook out of uh, out of Iowa, who actually, okay. um, you know, just went through the NBA draft process in terms of working out. Um, didn't hire an agent, so he'll be back at Iowa this year. Okay. Um, you know, he'll make some noise in the Big Ten, and you know, we have you know Will Glassing, who's at Princeton, uh, who's who's dealt with some injuries, but you know, when I when I say he's he's one of the smartest basketball players that I've seen, you know, he, he and Jason are best friends. Um, okay. And and it, it kind of shows, you know, both of those guys together. They're like, I mean, you got, you know, we had, we had, we got some people some problems with those two, but, you know, hopefully Will has a, has, if Will's healthy, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll be a problem in the Ivy League. Um, you know. And, yeah, guys, it's all spread out throughout the country then. Yeah, man, fortunate, fortunate enough to, to coach those guys. That's awesome. Are you ever traveling out there to watch some of their games, or you know, keeping in touch with them, or you know, having conversations about when they do make that decision to to where they want to go to college or anything like that? 
Yeah, man. Fortunately, I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm able to talk to those guys, you know, all the time, you know. And, and another kid that I, I wanted to mention who's going to NC State is Jericho Hellum. He'll be a freshman mm-hmm. this year, but okay. you know, heck, heck of a player. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate enough to to be able to stay in contact with those guys. We we talk a lot, and you know, it's it's one of those things when you come through Chaminade, um, you know, especially when you're dealing with the head coach and an assistant who have have both graduated from there. Um, and another one of our assistants, you know, kind of grew up with us as well. His name is Graham Emmy. Um, you're dealing with guys that, you know, that are that are really like a family. You know, we're, you know, to start off the coaching staff, we're all like we're all like brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, David Lee's dad, Gary Lee, is actually on staff, so you know okay. we we keep it pretty tight knit. Um, and you know, those guys come back and want to work out. Um, they want to get in the gym. You know. We we may have lunch or something, but you know we we're fortunate enough that we build something that you know is a family atmosphere and, and you know guys love it. You know, that's all. Um, you know, I get a chance to talk to those guys. I don't get a chance to actually go up and see them play just mm-hmm. with the high school basketball season um, right. going on, and, and of course my job as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hate that I don't get to because I would love to, but. Um, I don't get a chance to see them play, but you know, I, I definitely, I definitely send them well wishes and, and good of games and of course. time to do this differently. You know, when I when I yeah. do get to watch them on TV, so uh, so yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You got to get yourself out to Boston for a game as well and see Jason play. <laughs> man, I hope I really, I really hope I can do that, man. Preferably, you know, a Lakers game because I, you know, I've always been a Lakers fan. And, right. Uh, it's, it's crazy because. Of, once Jason went to the Celtics, I'm probably the only Lakers fan that's rooting for the Celtics, you know, outside of Literally, a lot of people yeah, here in St. Yeah, Louis. Probably. <laughs> you know, it, first of all and above all, I want to see Jason win. So, um, then secondly, you know, I, back to my hometown, my home team, Lakers, for me. So, um, yeah. yeah. You had a good, you had a good uh, off season then as a, as a Lakers fan and a, and a Tatum supporter. <laughs> man. You know what? Basketball is good to me right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't complain. It is. Complain, so. it is. still have to yeah. deal with the Warriors, but it's definitely definitely getting better for you. Uh, one more thing before I let you get out of here. Uh, I saw, I took a look at your Twitter just to um, you know, kind of see what was going on, and, and the 2K rating for Jason Tatum came out, 87. Yep. It seems as though you had a little bit of a little bit low for him. <laughs> Man, they, they can, I mean, they could at least give him a 90, you know. And, and like I told him, I'm like, he better have a three-ball icon. At least you know he's 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 wet from deep, so you know. Yeah, he is. He is. I uh, yeah. I actually we I have two K eighteen because it didn't come out yet, and I have a fantasy draft. I have Jason on my team, and and he he definitely should be a lot better than he than he is in two K eighteen on two K nineteen. Man, I'll tell you this for the for the fans for the fans watching or listening that play two K. You better, if you want to win anything, you better you better pick yourself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Jason, absolutely. Jason is the man. So, yeah, it's my guy. Awesome. You heard it here first, guys. Monroe, thank you so much for joining the fadeaway. I really do appreciate it. Um, that is Monroe Douglas, everybody. Like I said, thank you for tuning in, and, and thanks for, for coming on, and, and you know, we're happy to have you on anytime. Man, I, I appreciate you having me, and, and contrary to popular belief, I, you know, I do wish the Sixers well this year, but <laughs> except for when they play Boston. I'm a big fan of the Sixers as well. I like their young their young core and what they're doing over there. So. No, thank you. you guys. Thanks Much for having me. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Uh, thank you for coming on, and we'll talk soon. Not a problem. Have a good one.
You too. Bye-bye. You have it. Some fantastic insight from Monroe Douglas Jr., um, obviously a hooper of his own, but uh, has some really great relationships um, and in a superior high school high school program at Chaminade. We wish uh, him and, and his team the best of luck this upcoming season, and, and hopefully we'll talk to him soon. Um, and, and hopefully you enjoy the interview. Some great insight into Tatum, his potential, you know, where he came from, um, you know, a little bit of background and, and kind of insight on Hanlon as well as David Lee, Patrick McCobb, Bradley Beal and his family. So, you know, really, really interesting interview, and, and we are, we're very thankful here at, at the fadeaway. Um, before I let you guys go, I just want to give a little bit more insight on the Kawhi and DeRozan trade today um, and, and kind of what I'm thinking. For me, it doesn't make sense for the Raptors to have done it unless they're keeping something in their back pocket. Um, I don't understand why you would rent Kawhi Leonard out for one year realistically not even sure if he's definitely going to play the season. The East became less competitive, obviously, with LeBron going to the West. You have great teams in, in the Celtics and the Sixers. But outside of that, it's it's mediocre talent throughout really the rest of the division. The Raptors were going to be a top three team if they kept the same team, and they were going to have a better chance to get into the finals because LeBron has been the one to stop them every single year. Having said that, they didn't give away too many assets. They got, you know, they did were able to dump DeRozan's contract. Um, and if they want to just use him to have a bidding war, uh, use Kawhi to have a bidding war between, um, you know, L.A. Clippers and, and the Lakers, you know, and, and see what they can get for him that way. Maybe that's something they have in their back pocket. I'm not sure. But if they're just going out on a limb, hoping that he is gonna, you know, kind of take this on and you know, kind of be headstrong with it and, and maybe be able to win him over. To, to keep him in Toronto for years to come, it is a huge gamble because if it doesn't happen, you're in complete rebuilding mode with minimal pieces really compared to some of the other teams in the East like the Sixers and the Celtics who are already went through that rebuilding mode or are now in the time where they're going to continue to grow. It's not a good time to be rebuilding because you're going to be in trouble because you've got a lot of young teams that are going to beat up on you year in and year out. So for me, it's, it's, it's a big risk unless they have something in their back pocket. On the flip side of things in San Antonio, sure, I think you got a, a decent deal. I mean, in no way are you going to win that situation. Kawhi doesn't want to play for you. He's a top three player in the league in my opinion. Um, and there's not going to be a lot of suitors out there that are going to take that risk because they know he wants to play in L.A. He's been so vocal about wanting to go to L.A. He, his, his, obviously, his contract is expiring after this year. Um, and I think they were able to, to get a star in DeRozan, somebody who's going to have a chip on his shoulder now. Obviously, he was hurt by the trade, and rightfully so. Um, and I think that it's, it's going to be uh, you know, a really solid team. You know, Popovich still one of the top three or four coaches in the league. They like to be kind of overlooked. They're going to be overlooked for sure. And I think they can fight for you know, anywhere between 44, 48, maybe even stretch that 50-win season. They have young guys as well. They have still have uh, Aldridge, who is who is still a very solid player in this league. And then, like I said, they're going to have DeRozan, who's still very capable of putting up 20, 25 points a game um, and, and being able to, to facilitate and, and also kind of hold the offense for you guys. You have uh, Rudy Gay as well, another piece in San Antonio. So I think they did as, as probably good as they could have done without trading him to a Western team, which they mentioned they didn't want to do. The last kind of side note I wanted to put on this was this whole Kawhi Leonard situation, um, sitting out in San Antonio, being very vocal about not wanting to come back, only wanting to play in L.A., having problems with you know going to Toronto, even reports um, that are coming out that he was gonna he's going to sit through the entire year. At the end of it, listen, I don't I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Only him and his camp know that. 
Um, but for somebody that has been known as a silent assassin, for somebody that has, you know, kind of been on and off the court quiet, but very, very good at what he does and, and you know, not causing too many problems, it kind of shows him in a different light. You know, it shows him in a negative light, in my opinion. He's he's become unprofessional in this entire thing. I understand that you believe you're a top three, four, two player, and, and you are, but it doesn't give you the right to just say, hey, I only, only want to play for the Lakers, or I only want to play for the Clippers, or I only want to play for the Knicks, whatever it may be, and then refuse to play anywhere else. Um, it's it's not a great look. He has the talent to back it up where he doesn't obviously need to really play. Teams are going to go out and want to get him anyway. Um, but, you know, without knowing all the facts from, like I said, either Toronto's side, having something in the back pocket, um, Kawhi's side, it, it's very it's very different. It, it's It's uncharted territory. Players own so much of this league, and, and they get to usually do what they want. It shows that, you know, for a little bit, front offices um, still have some power because DeRozan didn't want to leave Toronto. Kawhi doesn't want to go to Toronto. Um, and yet here we are with, with obviously the biggest trade in, 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 in a long time here in the NBA. Um, so we're gonna, obviously going to keep up with that. We're going to go into more detail next week. But obviously we are very happy to have had Monroe on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to guess every single week. Um, and it was a really insightful conversation. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. This is the Fadeaway, a basketball society podcast. Please follow us at B-Ball Society on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Follow at podcast um, Fadeaway as well on our Twitter. Um, and we got great things coming. So thank you. I'm Ryan Kalpin, and this was the Fadeaway. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>